Welcome to the Carter Report. On this program, pastor and teacher John Carter explains why grace is greater than all our sin. We will probe the mysteries of the everlasting gospel and answer the ultimate question, will everyone finally be saved? During this program, you will hear the good news that there is hope for the worst sinner. Hello, friend. A special welcome to our friends across the United States of America, Australia, and uh, around the world. Welcome today to the Carter Report, and we're tremendously glad that you joined us. I want to give a real welcome today to some of my special, special friends. Dr. Julia Ukanar in Nizhny Novgorod, Russia. Harold and Glenda Harker in Australia. John and Sue Hammond. Hey, you folks have been such a tremendous blessing to me and the rest of my team. And I'm just so glad that you joined us today. Also, I want to give a welcome to Sam and his friends and our supporters in the great land of India. So to all of you today, I say welcome to the Carter Report. Does everyone need saving? The Bible teaches very plainly that we belong to a planet in rebellion. As my great friend George Vanderman used to say, he wrote a book about it, Planet in Rebellion. And of course, this is exactly what is taught in the Bible. Let me read you a text or two. I'm going to turn now to Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 and then verse 23. And may I ask you, before we go any further, my friend, how are you doing today? <laughs> I hope you're having a great day and we're having a great day here at the Carter Report. So let me get back to the text, Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Wow. Verse 23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the Bible teaches that we belong to a planet in rebellion. The Bible teaches that every person, doesn't matter who he is or where he comes from, every person needs salvation. But the Bible teaches, and this is the topic today, there is hope for the worst sinner. That means there's nobody too bad for the grace of God. If that person will let the grace of God get inside that person's soul. There's hope for the very worst sinner. The Bible tells me that there is a, a terrible sentence that has been issued. The Bible goes on to say, and these are the words of the great Apostle Paul, the wages of sin is death. Because we are in this state of sin, the Bible says, we are all going to die and we're going to die eternally. But there's good news. Uh, we believe at the Carter Report with you in the great good news of God 
We believe in the gospel of Christ. And gospel means, of course, good news. There's a vaccine. <laughs> What's more, it's 100% effective. It has no side effects. It is a vaccine that will save us from the virus and the curse of sin. What is God's good news for all of us, even the worst sinner? The most amazing news is this. The great creator who made us, who made a, a billion trillion stars, trillions of, of galaxies, this great God actually loves us. This great God is not mad with us. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's why the Bible teaches there is hope for the very worst sinner. My friend, please, please believe the good news. When I was a little boy growing up in Brisbane, Australia, we lived beside the great Brisbane River. I had a tremendous childhood growing up on the banks of this mighty river. I used to go fishing every day. I had a big raft and I would sail out on the broad bosom of the mighty Brisbane River. We lived in an old big house. It had a veranda on three sides. It was a great old rambling house but it wasn't such a big house inside. Had a great kitchen, I remember, that was always filled with smoke, <laughs> smoke from the wood-burning fire. But I had to sleep out on the veranda. And that was just fine. I, I loved sleeping out on the veranda. It, it was out in nature and I was nice and warm. But it wasn't so good when we got a big Queensland storm. And I can remember one night the thunder was absolutely roaring and I was trembling inside my bed on the veranda. My father came out to me, came out from his bedroom and my father got into bed with me. My father has been gone now 35 years, but I still remember my dad getting into the bed of a scared kid, I guess I was six or seven years of age, and putting his arm around me and saying, don't be afraid. When I think of my dad, I think of a loving father. When I think of God, I think of a loving father. And because he's our loving father, there's hope for the very worst sinner. You once told us about some murderers that you baptized. How could they be forgiven and saved? Murder indeed is a terrible sin. Taking another person's life, that's, that's a terrible sin. But because of the tremendous grace of God, there is grace that will cover the very worst sin even the sin of murder. 
Now, some time back, I told you about some young men that I preached to. I had the privilege of preaching the gospel to on death row. Those young men were under a death sentence. The bad news in the Bible is that the whole human race is under a death sentence. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's found in the book of Romans here in the Bible. But the text goes on to say the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'll never forget being taken into this prison, this huge prison. They closed the great doors behind us. I was with a a group of very dedicated, brave Christian workers. And after a little bit, they took us into death row. We were locked in. And then they brought in these young men who were under sentence of death. I'll never forget it, my friend. What did I say to them? I told them that God loved them. I told them that Christ had died for their sin on the cross. I told them that the great creator God in Christ became a human being. He was a real person. I told them nobody may love you. You may feel that nobody loves you, but I'm here today to tell you that God loves you and Christ died for you. And when they put you to death, you can know as they take you to the place of execution, you can know that you're right with God right now. You can know that you are going to be saved in his kingdom. As I preached to those young men under sentence of death, I saw the tears coursing down their faces. I saw them respond. Other prisoners came and stood around and held onto the bars looking in. I believe that these young men who gave their lives to Christ are going to be with Christ in paradise. Uh, Graham Bradford, an old friend of mine, and I went into another room where there was a big tub of water and we went in with one of the local pastors. And these young men were taken by the guards and they were allowed to get in this big tub of water. And Graham Bradford and I and the local pastor got in this big tank of water, a tank rather than a tub, I think. And there we baptized them in the name of Christ, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Those young men, as they came up out of the water, had tears streaming down their faces, not just ordinary water, but tears because they were right with God right now. God's grace is greater than all of our sin. Will everyone eventually be saved? Will everyone eventually be saved? Wayne, that's a great question. But before I I answer that question, I want to go on and read a text out of Romans. I think it's chapter... Chapter 5, and I, I just want this text to sound in our, in our ears. It says, verse 20 and 21, Moreover, the law entered that the offence might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. The next verse says, So that as sin reigned in death, 
even so grace might reign through righteousness to to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love the KJV when it says, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So grace is greater than all of our sin. And if we turn to God, we will have the assurance that we're right with God right now. So, Wayne, the question is, uh, do I think everybody's going to be saved? Well, there's a text in Matthew chapter 7, and I'd like to allude to this text. In fact, I think I ought to read it. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go by that gate, Jesus said, because narrow is the gate and difficult the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Because God loves us with an infinite love and compassion, He will never violate the gift that he's given to us, which is the gift of freedom of choice. God will never force us to go against what we desire to do. Therefore, salvation is a gift. And a gift must be accepted or perhaps rejected. So the Bible teaches that the only people who are going to be saved are people who by their own free will accept the marvelous grace of God. What would you say to a person who thinks he's not good enough to be saved and who is filled with thoughts of despair and hopelessness? I would try to tell that person about the God of the Bible. So many people today have got a dreadful misconception of the God of the Bible. I would try to explain to that person who is obviously under a misapprehension of the truths of the Bible, I would try to tell him that God is a million times kinder and better than he can comprehend. I would try to tell him the story of the gospel. I would pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to his heart. I would try to tell him the story of how God in Christ became a man and God in Christ went to the cross and became sin for us. It says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says that all the sin of the world was placed upon Christ and he bore bore our sin, he suffered our sin. And he paid the price for our sins. I would say to that person who is suffering and struggling with depression and who cannot accept the truth of the gospel, I would say, just believe, just trust in God. Because if you trust in God, Christ will save you. Some scholars think Romans chapter 3 is the most important chapter in the Bible. Do you agree? Well, actually, Wayne, there are many great chapters in the Bible, including Romans chapter 3. 
Genesis chapter 3 is a great chapter in the Bible. It tells us where sin came from. It describes the human dilemma. Where would we be without Genesis chapter 3? And then what about Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall be in no need. I shall not want. What would we do without this tremendous and marvelous psalm? I had a friend in Thousand Oaks, California. He had open heart surgery, but something terrible happened during the surgery. He started to feel the dreadful pain. He couldn't speak, he couldn't cry out, but he felt the dreadful pain. I said to him, Dr. Roy, what did you do? He said, I repeated Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. It's a tremendous psalm. Then there's Isaiah chapter 53 that describes in prophecy the coming of Christ the Messiah. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. With his stripes we are healed. What would we do with Isaiah, without this chapter, Isaiah chapter 53? But there is no doubt. Now listen carefully to this. Romans chapter 3 is one of the greatest chapters in the whole of the Bible. And some people say it's the Mount Everest of, of the whole Bible. The great English reformer Tyndale said these words, speaking of the book of Romans. He said, it's good, glad and merry tidings that makes a man's heart to sing for joy and his feet to dance. Martin Luther said, this is the chief part of the New Testament and uh, the purest gospel. Romans chapter 3 shows us the way to be saved and how we can be right with God right now. How does it compare to other chapters? Let me please read to you a text from Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 and verse, let me see, verse, verse 20. Here it is. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. This text tells me very, very plainly that I can't be saved by my good deeds. I can't be saved by keeping the law of God. I can't be saved because I'm good enough. Now, of course, this was a doctrine that the Pharisees back in the days of the Bible absolutely hated. And that's why they tried to kill Paul because of his teaching of the gospel of Christ. Now, let me read you this tremendously profound verse. I think it's the Mount Everest of all scripture. Romans 3, 21 to 24. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even 
the righteousness of God. Please put this into your mind. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now the text says that we are justified freely by his grace. We're not saved by our works. We're not saved because we are good enough. We're not saved because we attain to a type of sinless perfectionism in this lifetime. Because the Bible says, by the keeping of the law, no person is going to be justified in the sight of God. But the Bible says that we are justified by God's grace. Now, please listen to me, my dear friend. What does it mean to be justified? What does the word justify mean? The word justify in the book of Luke, in the whole of the Bible, means to declare righteous. (laughs) Did you get this? Justify means to declare righteous. It means that God can take a sinner, a murderer, an adulterer, and when that person turns in true faith to Jesus Christ, because of Christ, because of his death for our sins, that person is declared righteous. (laughs) It's, it's, It's almost too hard to believe. In Luke chapter 7 and 20, 29, it gives us a definition of justification. It says that these people justified God. It didn't make God righteous. It declared God righteous. Justification is a declaration that the sinner, because of the death of Christ for his sins, stands in a different relationship to God. He is declared righteous. It's amazing. It's amazing. This is where we differ with our beloved Roman Catholic friends in the Council of Trent. The Roman Catholic Church said, justification made the sinner righteous. No, 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 no. Martin Luther said, quoting the Bible, justification is a declaration from God that the sinner is declared righteous. And that's why, my friend, There's hope for the very worst sinner saved by grace. Because of the current crisis in the Ukraine, spiritual programs have all but vanished. There's an overwhelming hunger for the Word of God And to respond to this urgent need, the Carter Report has pledged to build a media center. There is a building in a safe part of Ukraine that needs to be finished. Lights, cameras, sound and editing equipment will be purchased and installed. This center will produce Bible studies and church services. Also, 
radio, and Christian TV programs that can be viewed on digital devices. Here are a few of God's soldiers on the battlefield in Ukraine. Dear Pastor Carter and uh, your team, dear friends uh, who support us in this very challenging time for Ukraine, for us it's a big relief, huge encouragement that we can stay here and can dream about future steps in our mission to share gospel of Jesus Christ. We appreciate your prayer support. We appreciate your donations so much. We really dream that here in this place will be a very good uh, studio for Chernovsky, for Ukrainian at all, where we can share the gospel. Please continue to pray about us, about our team, about Ukraine, and we will pray for you. Thank you very much. These people are compelled to move forward in faith. Let us all, in God's grace, move forward with them. We are asking you, supporters of the Carter Report, to help heal the hearts of Ukrainians with the Word of God. Please send your contributions for the Ukrainian Carter Report Media Center to our website or to the address on the screen. They need peace. They need hope. They need the Word of God now. The Carter Report is now streaming on demand for you. Now you can have the teachings of John Carter anytime, day or night. By streaming the Carter Report, there is more content for you to choose from, and it's easy. If you are new to streaming, all you need to do is purchase a streaming device. It doesn't really matter which one. You can buy a Roku, Amazon Fire, or Apple TV from any major retailer. You, or a family member, can plug the device into your TV and sign in to your internet connection. Do a search for the Carter Report and download the app to your device. From then on, your device and the Carter Report app can provide you with hundreds of on-demand programs. You can also take the Carter Report with you wherever you go. The official free Carter Report mobile app can be downloaded to your phone or tablet. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the app. Additionally, you can find Carter Report programs on your favorite podcast. You can also watch us on Vimeo or YouTube. Type the Carter Report in the search box. You can watch hundreds of uninterrupted John Carter teachings whenever you want for as many hours as you want. Travel with John Carter as he circles the globe to bring the gospel to millions of people. Watch the Carter Classics from over 50 years of ministry and gain knowledge from stimulating interviews with Christian leaders. You now have multiple ways to watch the Carter Report. And once you start streaming, you'll find comfort in having these teachings readily available to you whenever and wherever you want for free. Welcome to the inspirational world of John Carter. Time. It takes only a minute to have eternal life. How can you get saved in a minute? It's simple. First, believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Second, accept his free gift of eternal life. And then, you're saved. It's not hard. It doesn't take any time. You can be saved in a minute right now. Pray with me. Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. 
I accept that your son Jesus Christ died for me. I ask Jesus into my heart. If you prayed this prayer, you are saved. The next thing to do is tell someone. Fellowship with other followers of Jesus. Get baptized. Read your Bible and pray. Choices. We make them every day, all day. The most important choice you will make in your life is whether to choose eternal life or let it pass you by. If you'd like more information about your new life, call the number and visit our website. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.